If you're a business that simply cannot convert to a virtual model when the whole world turns remote, what do you do? Well, you think outside of the box, of course. Today, in the Waste Up Wardrobe Studio, I'll be talking to an entrepreneur, founder of a company that specializes in designing custom Italian vacations for its clients. And she continued to thrive in her business when all her competition was stopped in, her, in their tracks. And not only did she thrive, she quite honestly grew and scaled her business. Want to know how she did it? Well, you're going to have to stick around to find out. Welcome to Waste Up Wardrobe. I'm Christine Bartanian, an attorney turned personal style expert and image consultant. As the founder of Jade for All Seasons, I am passionate about unveiling the inner confidence of my clients by developing their personal style and dressing them for success. But is getting dressed up still important in our virtual world? Well, that's where my experience can help with what I call Waste Up Wardrobe. Waste Up Wardrobe is a podcast for all things you need to conduct an outstanding Zoom meeting. It's about how to dress for the camera, but it's not just about the clothes. It's about everything you need to know to show up on brand and professionally on camera. Join me in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio to discuss how to navigate this virtual world and dominate from behind the desk. Hello, Virtual Nation. It's nice to have you back on another episode of Waste Up Wardrobe, episode 42, where we're going to be talking to a very talented and gifted entrepreneur who really knows how to pivot in business. But what's even more exciting is that she is specializes in something that's really fun, and that is designing custom Italian vacations for her clients. Who doesn't want to learn about that? But we are going to be looking at it today from an entrepreneurial side and how the virtual and remote world really impacted her business and what she was able to do and the things that really didn't work. But before we go there, remember, we are on iTunes. Subscribe, rate us, and review us. Uh, we're also on Instagram, and we are. you can find us at wasteupwardrobe.com, and we are um, on YouTube. So please uh, look us up, subscribe, rate us, and review us. We'd really appreciate that. And also check out my overarching company, jadeforallseasons.com, which is about styling everything in your life, including, of course, waist up, but everything else that goes into showing up as a professional in the professional world. I also want to just uh, say hello and give a shout out to my very awesome producer, Rick Moscoso, who makes this show possible from all the technology standpoint. I could not run this show without him. So thank you, Rick. And um, sometimes Rick makes a surprise appearance on the show, but I don't think today is one of those days because I'm not going to put him on the spot today. I didn't actually warn him. Anyway, um, Waste Up Wardrobe is designed to be a series of episodes where you can actually take one episode and listen to just a specific topic um, and really learn from it. Or you can listen to every episode and sort of build that great, outstanding virtual presence as we continue to work in this virtual setting. But let me just talk a little bit about my guest that we're going to be talking to today. Her name is Madeline Jawar. Madeline grew up in Canada, but after living in Italy for five years and working as a biking and hiking guide, she found herself helping friends and family with their Italian vacations for a decade. Even with a career in international operations at Arrowhead Electronics in 
even even though she was doing that, she still wanted to help people with their Italian vacations because obviously she knew a lot about that. In 2008, Madeline decided to become a professional Italy travel planner. So she quit her job and set up a website. Today, Italy Beyond the Obvious has done many hundreds of trips and includes two trip planners and a project manager in addition to Madeline. Clients regularly ask, who else does what you do for other countries? So Madeline started another business that coaches people with travel experience on how to set up an online travel business in eight easy steps. Can't wait to hear about that. Madeline currently lives in San Francisco Bay Area with her husband and her teenage children. Please help me welcome Madeline Jawar, Jawar to, the, to the show. Hi, Madeline. How are you? Hi, Christine. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I can't wait for our audience to really um, hear about what you do and how you do it, because I think what you do is so unique. Um, we're not just talking about, you know, your your regular Italian vacation. We're talking about a, a vacation where everything's intentional. Everything's customized to, to the person who's traveling based on what they want and what they love. So I just I am so excited. And, and I know one day you will plan my Italian vacation <laughs> for sure. I, I'm ready. <laughs> and I just want to remind the audience. Audience, drop your comments and your questions in the comment box because we have Madeline live here and she can answer questions for you. And she is very much, very generous with answering questions. So please uh, remember to drop your comments in the comment box. But first, I want to start out with the 60 seconds to know you, Madeline. This is how we get to know you as a, on a personal level and get the audience to see a little window into, um, into who you are. So let me start by asking cats or dogs? Dogs. Do you <laughs> I've have got a one dog? right here. I've got one right here. He's quietly sitting on the chair, but if the postman comes, you will hear him. Well, I, I think that we talked about this a little bit yesterday, and um, I totally understand because I have two dogs, and you really just can't control it when they decide that you know they need to be on alert. So, um, next question: Florence <laughs> or Venice? I have to go with Venice. And why? Um, I love getting lost in Venice. It's such a safe city and it's so easy to get found because there are signs everywhere that point you towards the main attractions. I just love getting lost in those little teeny tiny streets and there are so many of them. Oh, sounds like a dream. It really does. And it's just even just in that answer, you've given the audience so much good information. It's a safe city and it's, it sounds like it's easy to, to maneuver your way around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hiking or biking? Hiking. I used to guide biking tours, but these days, I mean, I live in a beautiful area of the world. I live a 30 minute drive from the Pacific Ocean and hiking all the way. Love hiking. I feel like especially when the whole world went virtual and everybody's sort of stuck at home, hiking was such a great outlet for so many people. You know, you could do it with your pets and and, and you don't have to go at a fast pace. You kind of can do whatever pace you want. So I I'm with you. I'm trying to do more of that because, you know, um, I find myself just wanting to, to, to get out, do a workout and come in. But the idea of hiking has so many other benefits. So I love mm -hmm. that. So go ahead. I said, I'm also a hiker who I have nothing to prove. Like, I don't need to do a certain amount of steps. I don't need to do a certain amount of miles. I don't need to have a heavy backpack on my back. My favorite hike around here is I drive to the Ritz-Carlton. I park in the free parking. I use the nice bathroom. There's a two-mile flat path along the Pacific Ocean. There's a beach at the end of the path where my dog runs. And we walk back to the Ritz-Carlton. And I had my camel back with my water. And so I use the nice 
restroom in the five-star hotel before I get in my car and drive home. Like I'm not, you know, I have nothing to prove. It's like, what I, it, it sounds like a tour to, to Ritz Carlton and through the city. It sounds like what a tour guide would do. It's on the bluffs. It's on the California coast, but yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. So let's just dive right in because I want the audience to get as much information on what it is that you do and, um, and all your gifts and talents, because there are so many, um, you, you built this very unique business, uh, Madeline, and, um, it really offers the client a specialized product, a specialized and guided by design kind of way to explore Europe, particularly Italy, because you do specialize in Italy. Tell us about it in general. Yeah, so we create uh, custom vacations the way that I I started this because I wanted to create a trip the way I'd create it for myself and I wanted to get paid for it. And I had been doing this on the side for 10 years, as you said in your intro, for friends and family. And I just put the pieces together um, the way that I create my own trip. And um, and that means that, uh, you know, I'm a curious traveler. I love culture. I love language. I love understanding how people do things. And those are the kinds of people that usually come to us. You know, they're well-traveled. They're curious. They want to connect with the locals. And they value exploring and the serendipitous moments. But they also don't have time to plan. And they certainly don't have time for anything to be problem solving on the trip. So as an example, I might put together the logistics of a perfect day in the Tuscan countryside where I'm, I'm not, it doesn't quote unquote cost anything, but I say, get up in the morning and drive to this town and here's where you park so that you don't get a ticket. And here's where you go to the main street and here's the bakery I recommend. And when you get to the bakery, here's the specialty at the bakery that this town is famous for. And then here's a couple shops I think you might like, and here's a ca couple cafes you should check out. So we also have days that are much more structured with guides and, and drivers and people meeting you at your hotel. But we find that our clients really like to connect with the culture and have some serendipitous moments on their own. And that's how we build our trips. Um, so we build it based on the client's interests, based on the client's budget, based on the client. You know, if we if somebody wants to stay in a five-star hotel, that's great. If they want to stay in an Airbnb that's fine too. So in um, 13 years, I've never done the same itinerary twice because wow. of that. <laughs> wow. Wow. That is incredible. And that I love that. I love custom things. My business is that way too. Yeah. I customize everything to the individual. Um, and, and I, you know, I really pride myself on that because it gives everybody a different great experience. Um, but what I love about what you do, that is the way I would want to travel because I'm an efficient person. I want to, uh, how many times am I really actually going to go to Europe? If I, when I do decide to go, I want to get the most out of it when I'm there. So this idea that you're not wasting time trying to find the next stop or where the bathroom is or where the great cafe is that you can lunch at or what's open and what's not is so, it, it, I mean, I can't imagine anybody want to travel not doing that, right? Most people put in their own research, but you have this wealth of knowledge of the nooks and crannies. I feel like, you know, like all the little secrets <laughs> in Italy. Would you say that's true? 
I, I know, I, I do know a lot. I mean, I lived there for five years and I worked as a tour guide, but more importantly, I know what questions to ask the clients so that I can make their best recommendations for them. So this isn't really about me or my favorite places. It's about me matching, you know, with the clients and my trip planners are on the ground. So I've got two trip planners. One is Italian from Milan and one is American, but has lived in Italy for 30 years. So they, and, and I really rely on my local guides. Um, for, you know, so I'll ask the local guides, look, I have this professor of archaeology who has been to Pompeii and wants to go deeper. Can you put together a five-day itinerary for him? You know, that's not the kind of thing that I just know. I mean, that's where I reach out to my experts and, and I have the relationships with those experts so that I know that my client's trip is going to be amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that is the custom and luxurious part of your experience is that you don't really leave a stone unturned. You don't leave anything up to chance. If you um, need the support on the ground, you actually have the resources, which I think is really great. But tell us for a minute, because I know we've had this conversation a lot. Um, you are not a travel agent. What is the difference between what you do and what a travel agent is? As fellow entrepreneurs, Christine, you know I love to talk about business models. Um, the difference is the business model. A travel agent can do the whole world. A travel agent knows their customer and can sell packages that other people created, that tour operators created um, to that same customer. So a customer might come to a travel agent year after year after year, and one year the travel agent can send them to Italy and the next year to Mexico and the next year to Vietnam and the next year to Peru. And that travel agent is not an expert in those destinations. That travel agent is selling them packages that someone else created. So the travel agent will say, here's a 13-day package to Italy. It includes these hotels and these activities and the here's the price and here's the the difference is that the travel agent is not the destination expert and these packages uh and so you're you're not working directly with the destination expert so a, a travel consultant like me my, i'm not selling any packages that anyone else created i'm creating the package and that means a couple of different things it means that i am the expert and so i can have one conversation with a client where the client says well tell me tuscany versus umbria or tell me what do i get for a four-star hotel or should i have an apartment or tell me i'm traveling with a um you know a, a lactose intolerant or a celiac traveler what are my options there and i can answer those questions without having to go to without being the middleman and having to say, I'll get back to you next week or, you know, I'll get the answer. Um, the other thing is that there are no markups. So the travel agent is marking up the package that they're selling. The package is sold by a tour operator who has marked up all the pieces of the package. And then sometimes there's even an additional markup from a destination management company. So there's a few different layers of markups that I just don't have, which means that my pricing is transparent, which clients love. And it also means that I charge fees, which are separate from my time and my expertise. And the rest of it is totally flexible. So I work with the client during the trip on their budget. Sometimes they just give me a budget and I stick within that budget. But sometimes I'll say, look, you could spend $1,000 a night on this Venice hotel, which I recommend because you'll be jet lagged and it's an over the top hotel. But then when you get to Rome, you don't need to spend that. You have, it's not worth it. Let's, let's go down and spend, you know, a lot less. And so we can have that conversation and it just means things are flexible and I can give them, you know, my best advice. And I don't have to rely on selling things that give me commissions because I'm getting paid my consulting fees. 
Yeah, that is the, the 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 dream of the entrepreneur. That's how an entrepreneur really operates. I, I love that you made that dis- distinction because it really shows you the difference between something that could be custom built with the client in mind versus you know um, something that works but is really just not there's there's not that custom feel and it doesn't really um, answer all the questions for the for the client. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and you know what I, uh, the other thing that was really interesting about your model is that you, before we even entered into this new world of going virtual, where everybody went virtual, you were already doing, your team was already a virtual team, right? Um, so you had a team of, of people in Italy um, and other places, I think. And so that really didn't affect your business or did it? The virtual, the transition to virtual was zero change for me. (laughs) So yeah, my trip planners, currently I have two in Italy. um, And then my project manager is in uh, Colombia, in Bogota. Um, And I had a trip planner uh, last year in in 2019. I had one who was based in London. So we're just used to working virtually. All of our tools are online. We're just used, we were used to Zoom calls anyway. We were used to kind of the virtual water cooler time so that we could get to know each other. And we weren't just, you know, um, kind of like, what is there to do? Who needs to do what? Okay, goodbye. You know, you got to build in that water cooler time. Uh, So we were already operating like that. Yeah. And in business, you know, there's these two, these two things that we're always working on as business owners. There's the team that, you know, that helps us, you know, reach the bigger goals and and helps us, you know, really run and grow the business. And then there is the client acquisition. So, you know, in in terms, and in the department of team, you, the the transition was seamless, but of course people weren't traveling anymore. So Mm -hmm. that's where, that's where the, the creativity and the pivot had to come in. And as entrepreneurs, you know, we, we like to try things and sometimes we try things and it doesn't work or we try things and it isn't ideal or we try things. It doesn't really pay off. The customer loves it, but it isn't profitable. And so what's the point? Tell us a little bit about, I mean, I know that your team was solid because, you know, there, there was no changes that had to happen there, but tell us a little bit about any of the, 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 the things you tried when travel was stopped and how you managed to really uh, work through that part. Yeah, that's a great point. So my team was solid and they're totally loyal. And I talked to them once a week, but after we canceled all our trips, when the pandemic hit, we had no work, right? So it's all well and fine to have a great team running and you have weekly meetings and you, you're all organized. But then, I mean, it was a lot of work to cancel all those trips. Believe me, they were busy for uh, probably through June, but you're right. After that, there were no more customers coming in. There was no bookings. Obviously the world was shut down. So I did try a couple of things. Um, The first thing I tried was, you know, everybody was going virtual, right? And the first thing to go virtual that I was kind of hearing were book clubs book clubs that had been meeting in person were now on Zoom. Um, and so a couple people said, would you jump into my book club? We're reading a book on Italy. Why don't you just come in and talk about Italy, do a little virtual travel presentation. And so I put together, you know, a few slides on, um, you know, one that comes to mind is, is Chianti, the Chianti region in Tuscany. So I put together a, a, a PowerPoint slide presentation about Chianti. I told them in advance, we're going to be talking about Chianti. So they all went and bought their Chianti wine to sip. <laughs> during the book club. And I just took them on. It was like a 30 minute virtual experience about here's some nice 
scenery in Chianti and here are some nice towns and here's where you could go and what you could do and what you could see. So I did that for a few book clubs and for a few like family gatherings, you know, there were some kind of far flung relatives that, you know, would meet on zoom and talk to each other during the pandemic. And I, and I showed up for that. Um, and that was, um, you know, virtual experiences are a thing and they're a thing that people have gotten into and they're a viable business model. And like Amazon, you go to any Amazon has got virtual experiences. Airbnb has got virtual experiences. Viator have got, I mean, they're, solid and they're here and I think they're here to stay. But for me, it wasn't something that was worth it because I would charge for my appearance in, in these uh, meetings, but it took me a really long time to get the materials ready to present. And then it was like me in a specific place at a specific time for a specific length of time. And it just was not something um that worked for my, it wasn't scalable. It wasn't, um, it just wasn't logistically uh, easy to do. Everybody wanted me on Saturday nights or, you know, East coast kind of, so I'm West coast. So they wanted me at, you know, 3 PM West uh, Pacific time. So it wasn't, it wasn't a good fit for, uh, for, for me for going forward. So as pivots come, that was something you tried. It really didn't pay off for you. I mean, people, it sounds like there is demand for something like that, but it just didn't work for you. Um, and and this is, again, the journey of entrepreneur. You try things, it doesn't work. You do more of what's working, you do less of what's not working. So that you know aligns with that idea. I know that you also worked with some travel, a pivot involving travel agents. Tell us about that pivot. Yeah, absolutely. So I started, uh, you know, after a decade of um, people, you know, people would reach out to me and say, please teach me how to do what you do. I know you're an Italy expert. You know, I'm a Spain expert and you have my dream job and I know you're not a travel agent. Please teach me how to do what you do. So I just created this like eight lesson video course, which is basically, you know, eight steps on how to start your own online travel business. And step two of that course was basically how to get people to find your website via organic Google search. And it's how I built my Italy business. I just created content and customers find me via organic search. I don't spend money on, you know, ads, um, on marketing ads to, to, to get people to my website. So, so I thought this is something that really travel agents need. I mean, I have a lot of travel agent friends. I totally respect and love them. Um, and I, uh, decided that, you know, a great thing for travel agents to do during this pandemic would be to work on their websites and, you know, I could teach them, um, how to create content and get customers to find them because they have a lot of excellent, um, you know, advice and tips to share. And so I started reaching out to travel agents and saying, look, you can use this time, you know, um, I think there was a, I don't know if you remember at the beginning of the pandemic, it was like um, crisis. The Chinese word for crisis is opportunity and danger. That's what it was. Yeah, it was like, uh, I think that's what it was. Crisis equals opportunity and danger. So I was like, opportunity, you know, <laughs> rally, go, go, go. Let's make the yeah. most of this. Yeah. And what I found is that um, travel agents were, in a, in a place of fear. And I totally understand why, you know, with my business model, my trips got canceled, but I got paid my fees. Um, but when a travel agent's trip gets canceled and their packages get canceled, 
they get paid based on commissions. So if the package gets canceled and the traveler doesn't travel, they don't get paid. So they were really, really, you know, they were, they were really down and out and they really appreciated my energy. They appreciated my, like, let's take advantage of this. Let's do this. But in terms of like paying me to do, you know, we did this um, pop-up one month pop-up where it was like four weeks to make an impact on your website. And here are the steps and here's the, you know, there'll be momentum and there'll be a community and there'll be support and there'll be all this stuff. And for them to pay us to join that pop-up, that's where they were like, I can't like they were in this place of unknown and, and, and fear. And, um, and that just didn't, it was a lot of work for me. And they were like, great. Until I said, you know, it's, it's, it's too, it wasn't my, it was $249, but That's not a lot. that just, yeah, it, they were, they were not at the right place at the right time for that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a mindset too, right. And, and that was a difficult time when people were, everything was, everything was standing still. People just really didn't know what to do. And a lot of people were like, let's wait it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, and everybody had to kind of deal with that the way that they knew how, which I totally understand, but let's move on to actually what you did that really made your business grow. <laughs> and that is, I know we talked a little bit about this, but the audience doesn't know anything about this. So tell, fill us in on the courses, that certification program that you created that really became, um, you know, really big during your, um, your virtual being stuck virtually from traveling. Yeah, I'd love to talk about this. This is my passion right now. Um, So that eight lesson course that I mentioned uh, just now, you know, that was just some video. You know, I'm I'm very, I don't believe in secrets. I believe a rising tide lifts all boats. Um, I love travel agents. I think they have their spot in the travel industry. And what I do is different and complementary, and it's a different skill set. And so when someone comes to me and they say, teach me how to do what you do, I'm like, great, I would love to. And so I really created these videos just to help other people do what I do. And also selfishly, so that when my clients say, who else does what you do for other countries? I'm like, well, I know someone who does France and I know someone who does this and that. Um, And so basically when people people were just reaching out to me organically. I didn't solicit them. They would just find my Italy beyond the obvious website. They would reach out to me. And I would, then I finally was like, okay, I have these, this eight lesson video course for you, but I didn't really do anything with it. I just put these people in a Facebook group so that they could support each other as they were all working through the same content. And I would just kind of peek in on them every now and again, I'd say, what do you guys need? How are you doing? How are things coming along? But I didn't, that was it. I had the video courses and I had the Facebook group. And so when the pandemic hit and I had more time on my hands, I went in and I said, what do you guys need? How can I help you? How can I support you? And they said, we want a certification program. We want your stamp of approval. Um, and so I have a business partner for this, this business and he had this, you know, much larger vision um, for this. And he kind of brought me along um, and just kind of showed me like, this can be so much more than what it is right now. So during the pandemic, we established um, the, we established two different levels of certification, one for new travel business owners who have our stamp of approval that they went through the content and they passed the the course and they set everything up and they're a legit business and maybe they don't have customers yet. And then our gold certification is for those established business owners that show us proof of 
um, of customers and they have our, our, our gold, did I say gold, silver certification and gold certification. And then we put everybody in a, in a directory of travel experts and they get to know each other. And we've seen, you know, they send each other business and our job at Travel Beyond the Obvious is just to support them. We want to showcase them and we want them to be successful. And that has been so rewarding. Yeah. And that really resulted in growth for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And th- and that became, I mean, I think you always, did, did you always want to create a certification program, but this gave you the opportunity to do it? Or was this something that was purely born out of now, um, you know, we need to think outside of the box now that we can't, we don't have a lot of clients traveling. It was kind of in the back of my mind, like someday, but it was kind of one of those things that was I never had enough time to do it. And I, at the beginning, you know, I knew all of the participants that were doing my course because they had in, contacted me individually and our, the course isn't right for any, everyone. It's only right for someone who already has deep expertise in a country. Like mm-hmm. if you, people come to me and they say, I love Italy. I went once for two weeks and now I want to be an Italy trip planner. You know, I'd be like, that's not enough. Like you are, you need that deep expertise. And then I can show you how to take that expertise and turn it into a tra- online travel business. So I really knew these people really well. And so for me, selfishly, when a client would say to me, who else does what you do for other countries? Like I knew these people. I'm like, oh, well, there's so-and-so for this country. And But the certification just allows us to to, to, to help more people, you know, to make this into really a sub-segment of the travel industry where I don't personally have to know every single person. I can just know that I certified them and therefore that person it has our stamp of approval. Yeah. So it was an opportunity. It, it, it sped it up for sure. And it gave people opportunity to build businesses during a time when, you know, people were nervous, wouldn't you say? Yes. And it was the people, you know, the interesting thing is that the pandemic reset people in a couple different ways. Some people said, I've always wanted to do this. I've realized that this pandemic has been a bit of a wake up call. I'm just going to take the plunge and do this thing. It's kind of like, if not now, when? And so there's a bit of that um, attitude. Um, So we got some new students through that. And then we also um, just got people who, um, you know, it's, travel is coming back with a vengeance. I mean, people are itching, they're climbing the walls, they're dying to travel. And so the methods that I teach on how to get customers to find you, and not only customers, but the right customer, that takes a few months to build. You know, you can't, it's not something you set up overnight. You don't take the, you know, the course is kind of 10 to 12 hours of video, and then it's a lot of work and you have to start a website. You know, it takes four months if you're fast to set this up. And so actually the pandemic is a perfect time to build that so that when travel comes back, you're ready. So your business is really revving to go once, you know, everything opens up. I imagine so many people postpone trips or, or postpone destination weddings or postponed, uh, you know, the, their dream uh, vacation are, are kind of waiting there. Have you done anything uh, to prep for that? as demand rises. Yeah, actually, um, I, uh, 
put everything, you know, you and I, Christine, have been in this uh, coaching program together where the idea was, you know, you build a team managed company. And I followed all the instructions. I did everything I was supposed to do. I documented everything. I, I delegated to my team. And I'm really at a place right now where everything, all the steps, you know, for, for my Italy um, travel company, we use a five-step process. And the first step is the fun part. It's the creative part. It's where do you want to go? How much time do you have? What's your budget? What do you love? Tell me about your perfect day. And I get to do that. And I love that. I love talking to the client and I love that part. But the other four steps are kind of dominoes that fall. You know, it's like we recommend accommodations. What do you think client? What do you, you know, they, the client chooses one and then we book it and on to activities and logistics and food. And so I've got all of that in a process um, and that can really kind of run itself. So we're ready. Like we're, you know, it's easy to now onboard people and get them trained. Um, so we're ready for, yeah. for the Italian travel coming up. Well, wonderful. I mean, I think it, you know, it's going to be wonderful for everybody. It's going to be win, win, win all across the board. If they were to choose you to build a custom uh, vacation, I know they're getting like the best way to go to Italy. And I can't wait to one day. I um, actually engage you to do that for my family. Um, I have to ask you, tell me one of your very favorite features. I know every client is different, but if there's one feature you love to build into a, a, a dream Italy vacation, is there one that you would highlight or is that different for everybody? So I think the main thing that I really love is when people want to connect to the culture. And, you know, I work with a lot of, um, so I work, first of all, I work with a lot of people because of the name of my company, which is Italy Beyond the Obvious. I get a lot of people who say, I want to go off the beaten track. I want to get, you know, so I do get a lot of these requests. Um, but I also work with a lot of luxury travelers and getting, connecting to the culture is not expensive. You know, it's, it's about making the time to wander those small Venetian streets or going to meet the sheep farmer, um, in the Tuscan countryside and getting a demo on how the, the, the cheese is made or, you know, going to visit that olive oil farm. You know, I love it when people, um, really are open to spending more time with the guides or, you know, really taking advantage of, of the local expertise. And, you know, I might say, you know, fiddleheads are in season in Rome in this month. And, you know, would you be open to incorporating a fiddleheads recipe in your cooking class? Stuff like that, um, where it, it's just a, the, you know, you can get so much more out of a trip if you can have that personal connection to the culture. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not even stuff sometimes that I set up for people. It's, it's that, it's that some, and sometimes it's, it's where you just have the space to let the serendipity happen. So you're not just like, go, go, go rushing, like gotta be here, gotta be there. Okay. That's Toro. It's like, you have time to like sit in the piazza and people watch, or you have time to wander through that Sunday morning market. Um, and that's a lot of times where, where the best moments of a trip happen. Yeah, absolutely. So if somebody wanted to reach out to you, Madeline, to either plan a, a vacation or just get to know what you do better, how can they reach you? I know we can find you uh, through your website, but is there any other, what's the easiest way? Probably my website, probably yeah. italybeyondtheobvious.com. And from there, it's easy to book a, a call with me. Can, my phone number's on there. My email's on there. 
I'm, I'm easy to, I think I'm the only Madeline Jawar if you Google me. <laughs> Okay. Well, that's good. It gives you some, uh, you know, uh, discernment there of of people trying to find you. Um, We're going to put your website in the comments box for people to access it. We usually keep the, I mean, we we usually have our guests, our guest gives an offer. I know you have something for our audience members. We'd like to offer this to them till the end of the day, because a lot of people listen to the replay as opposed to be live. So can you tell us what you have for the audience? And, oh, absolutely. and at, for the audience to actually acquire this, they have to put in the hashtag travel and shine. We always have like a special hashtag. So travel and shine in the in the comment box. So we know who you are and we can get you this great freebie. Tell us what it is, Madeline. Sure, absolutely. Um, so I realized um, about five years into my Italy travel business that the most common questions I got from people were about driving in Italy. And I kept writing blog post after blog post after blog post about my tips and driving in Italy, because it's not only the actual driving, but it's how to rent a car and it's what the road signs mean and it's how to drive on the highway and what are the toll roads and um, how do you drive in a roundabout or traffic circle and how do you avoid fines and and how do you figure out where to park and all this stuff. So I kept writing blog posts and blog posts and blog posts to answer these questions. And finally, I just put them together into an ebook called the Driving in Italy ebook. Wow. So I have a free, if you had any, if any of those things that I just rattled off were useful or interesting, then um, I think you might find my uh, driving in Italy ebook um, useful. And I will say too, when I talk to clients who who think they want to drive in Italy, I usually ask them where they've driven before. Um, and if they say, oh, I've driven in India or Paris, I'm like, great, you'll have no problem. But if they say, oh, I've only ever driven in like rural New York, then I usually advise that they do not rent a car when they go to Italy. <laughs> Okay. And, and you often don't need to. You, there are many, if you're doing Rome, Florence, Venice, you don't need a car. Um, so there's that. But if that, you do need a car, I, uh, I think you'll find my driving in Italy ebook useful. That is so wonderful. And uh, that would be useful. I mean, there are so many people wanting to go to Italy. I'm sure that would be an amazing tool. Thank you for sharing that and being so generous with giving us all this information. You're always so generous. I know you always say that you don't believe in secrets, but you know, there's so much to what you do that even if we spent an hour together talking about, you know, all the secrets you have, there's still so many more that, um, that you, um, that 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 you have to offer. So thank you so much for thank that, you. Madeline. We always yeah. wrap up Waste Up Wardrobe with the Waste Up Wardrobe Weekly Wrap Up. So if there's one, and we're going to focus on the entrepreneurship part here, but you, you can add anything because really this is all really good information. We have like this Italy information plus how what you did as an entrepreneur to really focus on the business and grow it. Um, what's the one overarching takeaway here that people should really, um, if they don't remember anything else, what should they remember from our show today? Oh, gosh, I think um, the the theme between what I do at Italy Beyond the Obvious and what I do at Travel Beyond the Obvious is help people travel better. And to me, that's about connecting with the culture and reducing this us versus them um, attitude. And I think travel does that. And I'm uh, that's my passion and my mission is to is to to narrow that gap. Excellent. And so PK Odal is here and she has a question for you before we move on to the very end. Do you teach your certified travel experts to write driving ebooks for their destination? 
Oh, hi, PK. <laughs> um, you know, interestingly, we have ongoing uh, education for our uh, travel experts. And we just, what we, we do what we call working sessions with them once every eight weeks. And it's where we roll up our sleeves and we get to work and we bite off one small chunk of something so that by the end of the week, we pat ourselves on the back and we say we accomplished something. And we just finished a working session where we talked about lead magnets and one of the lead magnets that I that I led with was copy my if you want to you know if your destination requires if you get a lot of questions for your destination about driving copy my driving in Italy ebook um, lead magnet because it's just about putting together blog posts into a PDF. And that's exactly what we, uh, we suggested to them. Um, our experts are not, uh, you know, we have a few that are doing Italy, but we, they're, they have all destinations all over the world. So in some places, um, they, they didn't find that relevant, but we did get some people creating driving in Italy or driving in X destination eBooks as their lead magnet. I mean, I feel like we have a whole topic here to talk about how um, how to about your course actually, and and when you are ready to do another pop up, I would love to bring you back on just so that we can really talk about what people can gain out of that course. Because I know from an entrepreneurial standpoint, you do a lot of instruction on website and how to write for your website and how to write for SEO and and to be actually searchable and Googleable, um, mm-hmm. as you put it. So I feel like there. You just are a wealth of information from an entrepreneur standpoint. I can't imagine, you know, just working with you um, in your own expertise. But thank you for that um, takeaway. Also, add to that: is there any tips, like tips that people should think about when they are um, in the business that you're a similar business as you, or if they are? Um, we can also cover anything that about the the trips that you plan. So, just some tips that we can take away from today's show. You know, the biggest tip right now is something I have been personally immersed in and pulling my hair out for the last few days. And that is if you are a U.S. citizen who would like to travel internationally this summer, go check the expiration date of your passport. Because, you know, my passport was in my drawer for the last year. And now we're looking at doing an international trip and the expedited passport services do not exist. You know, those like one day turnaround, eight to 10 day turnarounds, they do not exist right now. The quickest you can get a new passport is four to eight weeks. So that's my number one tip is, you know, if you're in the travel industry, if you're planning on travel, go check the expiration date of your passport right now. (laughs) <laughs> that right there is so important because people won't realize this until they're, it might be too late to, to do that, right? And meet that deadline. That is really good information. And how about a tool? I mean, the ebook is a great tool, obviously, but is there any other tool you can recommend for the audience as it pertains to our conversation today? Oh my gosh. I have a whole, you know, the, the, my course is eight lessons and lesson seven is on tools. So what would I, what would I use? Um, just in terms of a tool as a business person, I love boomerang for Gmail. Um, it reminds me it, it basically, um, if I want to follow up with anyone, I can boomerang it back in, and it, it comes back into my inbox. So if I say, Hey, just following up, did you get my proposal? And then I set boomerang to come back and land in my inbox after four days. So if that comes back in my inbox, the person hasn't, I see it hasn't, they haven't responded. And then I can just say, Hey, just following up, you know? Um, and so it means I don't have, to, I don't forget anything. 
Yeah, that's 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 really good. I mean, all these tools that you've, you're exposing us to today, really, as entrepreneurs, it's so good to have access to these tools because it makes our life more efficient. And, it, it you know, we have to be learning all the new tools out there because um, it's kind of you don't know what you don't know. And so if you haven't explored something, you don't know how much it could actually make your life easier. PK is saying her rule for passports is a six month rule. And I'm just going to reiterate to the audience. Um, um, hashtag uh, travel and shine. If you want to get that ebook that um, that Madeline is offering, and we will allow people to put the hashtag in until the end of today um, to obtain that, we we can tell who wants it by whoever puts it in the comment box. The hashtag travel and shine. And finally, Madeline, just wrap up for us with an action item that we can do to put into play, you know, either from an entrepreneurial standpoint on your entrepreneurial uh, conversation, or if somebody were planning a great trip to Italy. Oh gosh. Um, I would say reach out to me. Don't be shy. I'm not a hard sell. I share. I'm happy to have a conversation. I'm happy to brainstorm. I'm happy to help. You can find my calendar link in my, um, in my website and I'm happy to chat. Yeah, that is amazing. You are going to be a resource for myself and uh, my audience for a very long time, Madeline. I'm so privileged and honored that you were able to make it to the show today and share this genius. There is so much more to unpack there, especially with regard to your course and how you were able to really uh, utilize the skills you've learned to make your website really drive traffic to you. I think there's, we. De I definitely would love to have a conversation around that in the future. PK is yeah. adding her last thought in that the six-month rule is a government rule, I guess. I did not know that. Or maybe, is that true? So for so the six-month rule is for travel to Italy. Your passport has to be valid for six months post-return date. So if you wanted to travel to Italy in August, your passport would have to be valid. Let's say you were returning home to the U.S. August 15th. Your passport would have to be valid for six months past August 15th so in order February. for you to even leave. the So February. So yeah. even leave the country. You wouldn't be able to leave. You wouldn't be able to board the plane to go to Italy if you checked in and your passport was not valid until beyond February 15th for a trip yeah. that returns August 15th. Yeah. So all I'm saying is if you let's say you have that six month validity, but you need to, or let's say you don't have that six month validity and you need to renew your passport. You need to allow four to eight weeks right now just for the passport renewal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that it's a different rule. It's a different rule we were talking about. Yeah. One was how much time do you need to actually get a new passport? And the other one is how, how long is your, does your passport need to be valid to actually leave the country? Yeah. And is it's different good? for different, yeah, it's different for different countries. Got yeah. it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, Again, thank you for being here, Madeline and Virtual Nation. There you have it. The Waste Up Wardrobe Weekly Wrap-Up for episode 42, where we kind of just took um, this, this idea trip down um, to Italy and uh, gave you a little insight to how to really plan a great custom vacation or who to reach out to to do that. Join us next week, same time, same place, 1130 Pacific Standard Time here on Facebook at Waste Up Wardrobe, where we're going to be talking about the show about the show. We're going to have a show about the show. We're going to talk about why, how you create a show and uh, what it takes to really create a show and a podcast, what you need to think about, what you need to be aware of, and all the tips and tricks we can give you to build your very own show. So come join us next uh, Thursday at 1130. And if you're so inclined, bring a friend. <laughs> <laughs>